0: One o'clock on the Blitz. Work is over. It's time to let that bird fly. Free that bird, boys. Happy Tuesday, everyone! It is another edition of the show here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. I am Colby Daniels, along with the 2023. Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year, Jeremy Poplin, Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. We have Oklahoma State basketball tonight right here on the Blitz. Oklahoma State at the Kansas Jayhawks from Fog Allen Fieldhouse, 7 o'clock pregame, 8 o'clock tip, and John Holcomb joins us on the call tonight. John, how are you, my man? And are we expecting any buzzers in the next, I don't know, 20 to 30 minutes?
1: living dangerously as i repeat what's up on the uh on the wall to my right pay heed all who enter beware of the fog and i guess from a radio standpoint you might say also beware of random buzzers during this segment so now that everyone has been fairly warned let the noise begin
2: it's going to be more than just random buzzers i mean don't they have some sort of wacky sound effects thing that they have to try out, like a Jock Jams? Yeah, Jock Jams. Do they do they play like Ric Flair? That when every time they make a free throw, or does Kansas consider themselves to be above all the nonsense that typically accompanies any type of sound effect stuff? I'm
0: not in Lubbock, Pop. <laughs>
2: Okay, that's a, that. You know what? That's the perfect response, John. I mean, I'm pretty
0: sure John is probably within uh, you know a short jog away from the uh, the original rules of basketball, right?
1: <laughs> Which one of them I'm sure is chiseled in stone is don't be jacking around during pregame. Yeah. Which, you know, Dr. Naismith <laughs> was prescient in uh, in his uh, rule writing there. <laughs>
2: I think the uh, the one right below it that's chiseled under it is "Thou shalt not play Ric Flair." Woo after made
1: baskets. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: <laughs> but but I don't think they have any control over the sanitation services here. So if there happens to be a trash truck backing up, I mean that's out of their hands. I mean...
0: <laughs> did did Naismith put anything about the horns down by chance? Maybe that's like a. Sub article 74.5 well,
1: in kind of, in kind of in a roundabout way. Yes, because I think there is a thou shalt not be soft somewhere in the rules as well.
2: <laughs> hey, did we ever figure out who made them take that off? Was that BYU? Was that the conference? Was that a request by Texas? Did anyone ever follow up on that? Figure out. Uh, I,
1: I no, I don't know, but why BYU would then apologize for it? It's like, what, are they on probation still as a Big 12 member? Can't
0: G- defend anyone? Uh, yeah. Until they actually go through a full year?
2: You guys are in. They're not going to kick you
0: out. Much less <laughs> someone that's leaving. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. they probably gave all the visiting fans ice cream, right? Like, one
2: year on. to do this.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I decided to shut down my personal investigation of the why's. And just stick with what I know, which is that is soft.
0: I told Scott yesterday that I was I was on Yahoo Sports and there was a photo of of those students wearing those shirts, and I was offended they didn't blur the shirts out on my internet browser.
1: <laughs> well, you know, as I'll just say what our former engineer, broadcast engineer Joe Riddle, would say. Well, I'm offended that you're offended, and, and then when does it stop? <laughs> you know?
2: That's i right. tried to with the I, I, I tried to pull up the uh the picture of it here at griffin and they had already they'd limit our internet access you know they deemed that <laughs> is is something that you can't view at work <laughs> oh, God.
1: Yeah, sensitive
0: content sensitive yes, content
2: yes, sure. that is that is 100 percent correct
0: s f w
2: hey bef- <laughs> before we dive into the oklahoma state side of things and i know you haven't been up there a long time uh at all uh, because you know you were just in studio here yesterday, so it's not like you're hanging out in Manhattan all the time. Do you get any kind of sense of feel for what this is like right now for KU basketball, having been 4-3, and three, losses at UCF, West Virginia, and then at Iowa State, which makes, I think, a little bit more sense, but this being the worst conference start to the Bill Self era has got to at least make some of the natives be looking around not quite knowing what they're witnessing in front of them right now.
1: Uh, I tell you, it's like uh, it's cast a pall over things here. There's only 125 students in the lobby waiting for the black curtains to open so they can take their seats here three hours ahead of time instead of, you know, 200. <laughs> no. <it, laughs> they, uh, I think that Kansas basketball fans the majority of them are astute enough to understand what the weaknesses of this team is. We all know know, that your particular team, you're going to know your own team's warts better than a lot of other people are. And I think if you ask pretty much any of them around here, is this a national championship caliber team? They'd say, well, could be if, Um, and, and I guess that's an answer you could give pretty much every year. But in this case, they understand that this is not a deep Kansas team that if you get your one of your critical frontline guys one of the main four out of your starting five really and, and I guess you know the way Furphy played in, in Stillwater you could throw him in there and say he's just as important but on a regular night in night out basis you can't afford to get guys out of your starting five in early foul trouble because then it really exposes them and they don't really shoot the three great. Now, I know I've said that and then eight o'clock's going to tip off and who knows, it may just go ballistic in here and the, and the crowd will just erupt. But they, they score the majority of their points on twos and not on threes. So it's not – and you don't have uh, – you know, DeJuan Harris is a tremendous player. Kevin McCullough is a tremendous player. And I feel like I'm starting to repeat some of the things I said before the game two weeks ago and we all saw how that turned out but it 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 doesn't change you don't have necessarily a first round draft pick that you're putting out there on the floor in that starting five it's not that they don't have really good players it's just they don't have that lottery pick kind of nba guy as a freshman whoever at, at least right now that they're putting out there um but they're a good team but are they a great team i think they they've Their weaknesses have been exposed a little bit recently, but that does not mean that they can't regroup and make a run. And then we end up talking about them as potentially the big 12 champions for the regular season here in about a month, month and a half. So um, I think there's a sense of realism around here. And all that does is probably make the crowd even louder tonight because the fans then feel even more uh, involved in in what's going on and they know they make an impact. And so I expect this place to be as loud or louder than it ever has been since OSU's come up here.
0: For as down as anyone wants to proclaim this Kansas team is, it's still somewhat of a problematic matchup for this Oklahoma State team. And John, I think going back to that game two weeks ago, the one thing you absolutely cannot do is give them extra opportunities, right? And allow them to get those, those transition buckets like we saw where You know, you're just essentially allowing them to outwork you.
1: Oh, there's no question about that. And in terms of this afternoon's shoot-around, you know, you you go over stuff you want to run. You go over your defensive concepts and, and some wrinkles that you may have specifically for your opponent. But there was a decent section of the hour the Cowboys had in here on the floor this afternoon, working on, you know, running a set, kind of a shell set offensively, but once you score hustling back down the floor and communicating, you know, that, that that is as much of an emphasis as, as is the ball screen defense. Those two things were worked on more than anything else today. And, and last night, you, know, you know, practice before they ever got here. I mean, I think because those are things that look, Kansas may make plays, but to your point, to give them opportunities like misplaying the ball screen, a guy goes to the rim or getting beat down the floor when you shouldn't be. Those are things you can control for the most part, and you better do it tonight, or it's not going to be pretty.
2: Looking over Kansas, the one area, and there—I mean, there are a couple of things. But in the West Virginia loss and then against Iowa State, what they didn't do was they did not—they didn't defend the three ball very well at all. And knowing Bill the way that I think that we all know Bill. um like you can do that once or twice in a season before bill finally just comes unglued and goes on one of his classic, you know, bill's going to lay down the law type scenario. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably been an emphasis for them. And that concerns me, John, because the other areas that they've had lapses in, they've all been better at, you know, whether it's been uh, turnover issues, they've been able to kind of solve that a bit uh, where they've been beat on the, on the boards. They've kind of gotten a little bit better at that. So, um say what you want I mean this is a team that has three losses but they're still just a handful of plays away from fighting through all of those negative elements uh and kind of looking like your more traditional Kansas team but the three the three line or the the uh the 3 point defense has been something that's been a little bit off for them over the last couple of losses
1: Yes, and if you're looking for part of the formula, we mentioned this yesterday, Cowboys, you know, opponents have to make jump shots, and and in a lot of cases you've got to make some threes that might be difficult, challenge threes. And you look back at Mike Boynton's first season in charge here, and we talked a little bit about it, but the numbers on that game from three, the Cowboys were 13 of 29 in that win the last time they won here. Um, And it just is something that you have to have and uh, I would guess that maybe they'll force OSU a little bit more off the line and force them into uncomfortable drives to have to finish against a guy like Dickinson on the inside. But that's you know that that's also where OSU has to take advantage of what's being presented to them. What are you, what are you being given? What's what are they trying to take away? And how can you counter that? The drives here. It's not just about getting by your man. It's also about finishing through contact because we'll go back to yesterday and talk about how many times an opponent here has shot more free throws than Kansas in a game. And I still don't know the answer to that, but I can guarantee you this. The opponents don't have an advantage <laughs> overall. <laughs> and since, Oh, I don't know. Since uh, Ted Owens was head coach. here. I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, and there's a stat on Ted Owens that Dave came up with too, that I don't want to take away everything from the from the pregame, but, um, and I'll share that with you in a minute. But you have to, if they're taking you off the, off the three-point line, you've got to go ahead and be courageous and try to finish at the rim and force the officials to blow the whistle. But you have to anticipate the contact and be ready to go ahead and fight through it.
0: The final score last time was 90-66. to 66. Is there, I mean, is there like a, a sense that they want to go and, and get that one back or at least prove something? Uh, are, they, are they like chomping at the bit to play this game?
1: I think there is an excitement for a lot of these guys to do that, and it's bolstered by what they were able to do on Saturday and winning over West Virginia. Um, And and I think that you know they they do look at it and say, well, crud, we gave them about twenty points. You know, (laughs) maybe not. You can't. It's kind of like your taxes. You can't take a dollar for dollar deduction in a lot of ways. But the twenty points did play a part. Whether it was an actual twenty in your 24 point loss Um, being able to tighten up some things that are are certainly within your control and making it more difficult on Kansas. I think they're looking forward to that. I think Javon small is looking forward to a second go around with uh, Kansas. I think that, you know, Brandon Garrison, he played hard. It was not the productive numbers like he's had against Baylor. And then again, in the win over West Virginia, but he played hard and, and did better with the physical presence of Hunter Dickinson down low, then maybe you might have guessed he would just because of the experience uh, factor for, for Dickinson. Um, and, and you've got to change in your starting lineup as well. So I think there are some things that the Cowboys can hang on to and say, okay, now we know this is still a tall task, but here's where we can impact the game better, much better than we did the first time around two weeks ago.
2: John Hogan is our guest uh, live from the fog as Oklahoma State gets set to take on Kansas tonight, 7 o'clock with the pregame here on the Blitz. Does Bryce Thompson say out loud that he looks forward to this game more than any other game? This will be the sixth time, John, that he will have played Kansas, his former team. He's averaged about 16 points in those, including, uh, I think, season highs. 23 and 22 23 and then 20 points in 23 24 so far it seems like that he may not like say it out loud but he typically uh plays pretty well against his former club
1: bryce is such a great kid Uh, but he he may not say it to the degree that you could post it on a bulletin board but if you ask him the question and when you ask him the question, because we've kind of gone there before what gives it away is he starts nodding his head and he starts smiling. It's like he relishes the opportunity and, and I don't sense it in a negative way. I just sense it that, okay, I, I, I could still be here that, that type of, that type of thing. And, and I'm going to, you know, I've got a little bit of extra juice for this one. I, I definitely think that that's the case. With, with Bryce, as with a lot of other players, the danger is does that cut too close to the quick? As in, are you juiced up enough or too much to where maybe that early second foul you pick up in the first half, which then you're going to have to spend some time on the bench and, and, and where are you when you come back? You know, that, that sort of thing. That, that's what you worry about. But I definitely think that, that he always has a little extra bounce
0: for uh, Kansas. Has this team been in an environment that even closely matches what they'll experience tonight?
1: Um. Well, this isn't Lubbock. <laughs> <laughs> no, that. In all fairness, I mean the, the crowd in Lubbock was pretty good, uh, to be honest. But but anything like this so far, no. No. Kansas State has developed things, but what, we've got this. We've got this peg. The pregame music on this, and I know this sounds like get off my lawn and pop, you just celebrated a birthday, but you got a long way to go before the get off my lawn thing really kicks in. I'm much closer to it. So when I say the music's way too loud in Manhattan, it doesn't mean that maybe I don't like the music, that I wouldn't enjoy it at a certain decibel level, but at a ridiculously high decibel level what are you doing now? You're just, it, you're pumping up fake noise. It's almost like, you know, the, the fake bird sounds in the master's coverage of CBS <laughs> years ago. Uh, but I do think that the noise level at Kansas state, and then the students were good that day. Um, but the noise level at Kansas state somewhat are artificially inflated. But I hear, I've heard that perhaps it was because Kansas Bump their music, pregame music, up a little bit louder. So you got a little fight going on, this little in state war, uh, a certain sort of contest, if you will. But it's once, even when the music's off, this place is loud. This is going to be louder than Kansas State. I, I would put Kansas State and Texas Tech pretty close to each other, but this is a different level altogether.
2: Thou shalt not have pregame music above this decibel. <laughs> Go ahead and hammer <laughs> that into the Naismith. Nace- <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh by the way man coming out of the like coming out of the gate hot with a couple of shots on lubbock i love it man i absolutely <laughs> love it
1: well i love jeff haxton okay and chris level those are great guys and i think grant mccaslin's a heck of a coach but at the end of the day look i worked for three years in amarillo before getting to Tulsa. i've been to lubbock a handful of times I know what's there, or more accurately, I know what's not there. I know that if you're working in Lubbock, it's just like working in Amarillo. Your meteorologist does not need an extra minute and a half because to tell you what the forecast is, because you can walk out the back door most days
2: and see Phoenix. <laughs> hey, speaking speaking of Texas Tech, so the question that I saw today online was that and you've seen them, John are schools like Texas tech and Iowa state are, are they good enough in your opinion to close this deal out right now and, and good enough to win a big 12 championship from what you've seen so far. And I know we got a long way to go.
1: Well, if they're playing that critical game at home and they force their opponents to travel same day of the game, <laughs> then, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give them a major advantage. Uh, but Listen, I, I uh, it's interesting because I think Iowa State is the is, is a team that can frustrate you more on the defensive end with their trapping kind of pressure, and they've got some physical presence inside. I think Texas Tech is the more dynamic offensive team, and that may not be you know, opening anyone's eyes to oh, what great insight. But it, then it becomes. Are you are you are you going to have to outscore someone to win a Big 12 title, or are you going to have to frustrate someone to help you win a, a Big 12 title? And you know, it's like I told Dusty Dvorak on Sunday night. He was going through talking about the Super Bowl matchup and about Kansas City's underrated defense and Steve Spagnuolo, uh, not maybe not getting all the credit that he deserves. And so I looked at him and I said, "So you're telling me that defense still wins championships?" and he agreed and we, we moved on that's where I might lean more toward an Iowa State team unless they just show they can't score and right now they can score but they have to have Lipsy at point guard to be able to close the deal out and I know he missed the game the other day if they have him and if they're healthy I think I might take Iowa State by a nose over Texas Tech if we're talking about those two teams and maybe not head to head but but in that scenario.
0: Well, I'm sure you have already looked at it, and uh, lucky for you, uh, you're not going to be back in in Lawrence, Kansas, during the football season.
1: Oh, listen, there is no – what would that be? There's no south end zone. No – is that the north? North – I get turned around when I come here. I think it's the south end zone. There's no south end zone right now. Dave and I just drove by it on our way back from getting something to eat and there are cranes out in the middle of the field and it looks like there's no red clay the way there is in Oklahoma there's a lot of you know a lot of dirt maybe some mud and they they kind of cleared out the north side as well they they're going undergoing some massive renovation over there and that brought up a conversation Dave and I had i don't know how many more years Bill Self's going to coach he'll probably get to make that call um but if and when the day comes when Bill decides, hey, I'm, I'm done, this has been a great run, the hire for Kansas basketball is going to be critical. But if Kansas football is still trending in the way that it's, it's, it's been under Lance Leipold, it'll be an interesting dynamic to see because the, the money is going to be on the football side, even though Kansas basketball has been so, so good for a long time. What's this going to look like up here? whenever that day comes it'll be interesting
2: well we can all at least agree no matter what it looks like it'll look way better than whatever's in lubbock hey i can't let you have all the shots right i got <laughs> i got to step taking uh, some,
1: some hey, there's shots. still the 50 yard line there's still kegels there, there's still some redeeming <laughs> qualities there's a dairy queen out near kegels that you can probably sweet talk your uber driver going <laughs> through like we did a few years back we bought him something too
2: uh, what was your initial thought when you did take a peek at the Big 12 schedule next year or schedule in general for Oklahoma State? I, I thought my initial one was, man, to close out September and into October, that little three-game stretch, the first three conference games are not easy at all, even with two of them being at home.
1: Yeah, Utah at home, I did see that right, didn't I? Yes. Uh, I think that's that's big. Um, I, but I'll, I'll be honest, I kind of skipped to the end okay. and saw, whoa, uh, Friday, uh, the last Friday in November in Boulder?
2: Yes. What's that going to be? Right. Like? Yep.
1: How many snowplows are you going to need then?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: hopefully, it, or even, listen, even if the sun's out, it could be like five degrees. It just is that way there. Um, but I, I know we talked about this last last week. It was, uh, it whatever it's, it was going to be is not probably not going to be quite as favorable as this year's schedule and i think that's i think that's borne out but i do i do like the fact that you have utah at home I, I, that was one i really had an eye on.
2: yeah utah at home then two kansas state and then two west virginia um before, west virginia's at home or excuse me yeah west virginia's yeah. at home so that three game stretch right there is uh, a little difficult with the potential john of having another friday night game if if the conference decides to make byu a friday night as well
1: yes yes and so those uh you know you counter that with what's arizona state going to be like you get them in Stillwater again which you know arizona state as far as what is concerned should have been a, a conference member now for this will be the third year since they've been playing them quite a bit um but yeah it, it, it is it is going it's interesting it's going to be um challenging on that front end but you'll be jacked up for that uh for that Utah game for sure, and my my initial reaction is, I think you'd rather play Utah early than late. Based on even though they've got experience coming back, I I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think you I think you'd like to catch them early.
0: It's uh it's four of the first six at home before the buy, and then after the buy, it's three of four on the road. It's not the toughest opponents. But three or four on the road before your next buy—that—that that, uh, is a very interesting stretch. And and overall, I kind of think it's a pretty well balanced schedule. Yeah, I, I
1: would agree with that. And in, in the two buys, that's that's interesting too because you get uh, you you get that done on the front end if you can come out of that in really good shape, and then boy, everybody would like to. I mean, unless you just dug yourself a hole. Okay, let's put it this way: if the Cowboys season were to go like this season's went, then could we just have put the bye instead of the UCF game? And then what would it look like? <laughs> it would have been higher in the polls. <laughs> but but you get a second bye, and I don't think that's a bad thing. At least as you look at it right now, you, you gotta you gotta wait for the flow of the season to go. And maybe you wouldn't want. Maybe you get to that second bye week, and you're like, oh, I'd rather go ahead and play. But by that time, too, oh, am I going to have to stop?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh. Oh, we just had a teaser. That's 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 what we had. Now, I, and I haven't spotted. I don't know. I don't know where our our vocalist is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, they get ready. To do. I just
1: I just don't want to talk. I just don't want to talk over the end. Looks like we're fine, so Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Just
2: making yeah. sure. Just making <laughs> sure. What uh, What was the pregame meal for the broadcast crew?
1: You know, we had uh, we actually went to a place <laughs> called Johnny's Tavern, and there are a handful of them over the uh, Greater Lawrence area, but we went to the original Johnny's Tavern, and uh, we met with one of Dave's buddies. Uh, a gentleman named Craig, who is heavy into the bowling industry in terms of, he will put in new lanes
2: <laughs> and
1: uh, and scoring. I mean, all this stuff. I mean, he does it for the PBA tour. I mean, he's he is very well connected.
2: Of course, Dave is friends and, with him.
1: <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, they they met and he actually sat. Uh, Dave and, and Craig sat on the front row a few years back. It's been twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, something like that, at one of the PBA's major events, and he got on TV all the time. But apparently. So did a lady in the crowd who was knitting. And to the point where we heard the story, Craig said that the, uh, the one of the girls who serves as on-air talent for the broadcast came over to him during a commercial break and said, um, can you please go over to the lady who is knitting like a row behind you and ask her to stop because she keeps popping up on the broadcast and it's killing our social media. So... <laughs> So during the next commercial break, Craig, Craig goes over and talks to the lady. The lady's mortified, like, oh, no, I'm, You know, like she's become a meme. You know? and, and so he takes the thing she, she was knitting and puts it behind some other bowling balls and that everything was, was saved. But then again, Dave's the, the friend Craig has also been mistaken for uh, by some on the Kansas State front office. They thought he was Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach. When he was at, on the sidelines of a football game with us. so let me just tell you that over the course of about an hour and fifteen minute lunch, um, and I haven't even told you about A yet, but that the stories range from A to Z. Well, and all are, of them were interesting.
2: Are you sure that Dave wasn't trying to uh, put an a lane in his house? I'm surprised he doesn't have a lane in his house yet, <laughs> and. And might I, I think it would be hilarious if Dave had a very Kingpin-esque ball that instead of having a, a rose and a clear ball, he has a microphone or a headset in there. I think that would be absolutely hilarious.
1: <laughs> I'm going to suggest that. Oh, my gosh. I might, have, I might have an artist rendering so he can get a visual of what that would really look like. A
2: headset would be so would love- badass, John. <laughs> I know.
1: Oh, it'd, it'd be the best. You know, and, and maybe have kind of in you know, a shadowy type of, you know, muted way, Mr. 300 painted on
0: it, too. Be awesome. uh, what the is the over-under for Dave's tonight? Uh, well, let's see. Did anyone count
1: on Saturday?
0: Not yet. Because I, I feel will.
1: Like I, I was flirting with uh, more than a dozen. Uh, but then again, let's, let's break this down. We've got an hour-long pregame. And then 45 minutes post-game, and then the game goes two hours plus. So over the course of roughly four hours, if I was around a dozen, that's three per hour. If they're well-placed, then they don't become as obvious. But I will try to keep it under 10 tonight just for you, Pop.
2: I appreciate that. Like a true professional broadcaster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) John, have a great call, and thank God it's not Lubbock. (laughs) amen brother we'll see you guys that is john olcomb joining us from fog allen Fieldhouse, oklahoma state at kansas tonight seven o'clock pregame eight o'clock tip right here on your home for cowboy hoops in tulsa i am colby daniels that is jeremy poplin scott file on the other side of the glass pop has the reins next here on the blitz 1170 and we are streaming on the blitz 1170 app